It's kind of a drawback and and a bummer if an entrepreneurs manage to complete their first time fundraising, but have no idea how to build the second or third time or even in a longer capital mechanism. It's kind of a problem because we expect founders who have uh, basically a comprehensive knowledge of operating the business, how to fundraise, how to maintain relationship investors is a complete game of entrepreneurships. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth until tomorrow. No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of Humanity, that's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice. And now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. And thank you all for the support. This podcast is now ranking nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category, top 200 in San Francisco, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in the UK, top 30 in Sweden, top 25 in Italy, and top 25 in India. And Number two in Azerbaijan. I've never been there, but I hear it's beautiful. So let's keep going, keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing. My guest today is an entrepreneur, community builder, and growth hacker based in Hong Kong and the whole of Southeast Asia. His name is Felix Wong from Techstars to Angel Hub, from No Code to Seed Investing. He is currently the head of growth at Angel Hub and the growth manager at W Hub and the mentor at the growth mentor and just an awesome human being. Felix, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for putting this up. I am excited. And the first question that I am curious about to give some context, can you share the story that made you the Felix that we know and love today? Yeah, totally. Uh, in Hong, I'm calling from Hong Kong. I I just wake up. This is my first call, and I'm so excited to talk about my entrepreneurship journey, no cook, and how I was almost become a mathematics teacher, and eventually decided to become a tech advocate, doing startups, and and now I enjoy at the moment um talking to people who also believe in entrepreneurships, innovations, and uh, most recently, NoCook. And this is one of the most engaging topics and subjects that keeps my motivations every day. I love it. 
And you mentioned that there is some idea, whether you're working on it or you're planning to work on it, that you're excited about and you would like us to explore today. Can you speak a bit about that? Sure. Um, uh, apart from working on my full-time job in a micro ventures and startup community builder in Hong Kong, I also split my time between daytime, evening, and, and weekend to work on some, some projects, solving problems, and help people around me to, uh, to successful. So uh, right now, I'm running three little passion projects, uh, including Slice, Venture List, as well as uh, Threshold Mojito. And um, when you hear the names, you might think kind of strange, but they are actually solving some micro problems of many entrepreneurs, such as finding events, communities, looking for uh, the first time investment for the companies or even present their ideas. And there's one thing in common among these uh, no-code projects is um, they all based on simple hypothesis. Uh, the way I execute, I built the ideas, prototype, and eventually launched the projects completely without a single line of code. Um, right now, I'm spending around two or three hours every week to update, to uh, distribute new content and help my readers uh, motivated as well. That is great. And to focus on one, you know, and begin with it, which one is either the one that your heart loves the most or the one that seems to be getting most traction and success in the marketplace? Yeah, I would say um, VentureList is my biggest baby among the three. Um, I actually launched VentureList early April last year uh, during the peak of pandemic. Why I do this is because over the years, I've been collecting information about how to fundraise, how to talk to investors, and all these different kind of content. And as a venture builder, we, we often help startups and entrepreneurs uh, get access to this network from time to time. And because of the pandemic, a lot of companies and startups, they struggle to uh, survive and even maintain their business. And many companies even seek for a bridge financing to help them extend their runway as well. So in a short period of time to get access to this network, having investors to turn their head to support the companies is extremely hard. So that's why I decided to open source my playbook. I help people to find this network and um, buy a searchable database. So I just make my personal library public and in one day I have received over 2,000 readers. I was like mind blown. So I think this is a good sign for me to move the project forward. And um, long story short, uh, in, in September, I decided to relaunch the project again in another version. Um, I spent 30 days building in public, received a bunch of feedback that's helped me shape the product into a better format. Um, and after 30 days, I decided to put up on Product Hunt as well. And another wave of support from the community, which is amazing. And now I've been doing this um, every week, uh, just update content, helping people to navigate how they can 
approach their first time financing for their companies. I really love this because you're doing it exactly right. Like you had the hypothesis, you tested it, you saw the feedback, you focused on it, and you relaunched your version two or three based on the feedback to give people exactly what they're looking for. So this is already advanced and I love that. So to ask you, since you probably and you have some data, information, feedback and all that, on this side, which companies or kinds of startups seem to be the most excited and the biggest users of uh, this project? Yeah, that's a good question. Originally, when I uh, put up the projects, I was primarily focused on the community in Asia Pacific and Oceania. And surprisingly, amongst all my paying customers right now, there's almost an even distributions across the group. So we have people from the state, from Latin America, from India, Africa, uh, New Zealand, Russia as well. So kind of um, under my expectations, but in a good way, where people are excited about the content, uh, people are excited to get connected with the uh, information I share on, on VentureList and also all the resources to help them achieve their goal. So what I realized is um, right now I have 82 paying customers. Um, I never collect in any information from them apart from who they are, um, what they're doing. But uh, I realized most of my active readers uh, reside in, in Europe. And they came from many different spectrums. We have uh, members running fintech, uh, B2B business, or some, or even designers, uh, marketplace owners. So kind of um, an even distribution so when we talk about the industries and also uh, the uh, company patterns. I love it because it means you have so much potential for growth since you attract in all kinds of people and users and readers. And to ask you more about the feedback, what do people seem to be more excited about? The access to resources, the access to your network, or the information you share? What do they say they're so grateful for and give more feedback about? Although they appreciate all, of course, but which one seems to be that most um, appreciated? So, um, hard to tell, but according to the data I collected on Google Analytics and Hotjar, it shows me that the most exciting content on VentureList is the, <clears throat> the Articles Resources Hub. So basically, it's a collection of uh, articles written by venture capitalists, angelists of um, some essential elements such as how to reach investors, how to maintain relationships, how to uh, present your idea, how to work on those um, complex legal procedures for first-time financings. I originally, I thought the investor database would be the most exciting elements of VentureList, but surprisingly, according to data, it is not. So that's why based on the data I collected, the... Um, the engine suggests me I should focus on more delivering and curating this content. 
and now people are still my my members are still demanding of can we have more can we have more and uh, are you going to uh, convert the venture list into other formats such as notion where i can integrate with many different crm etc so i'm basically based on the feedback and built on top of my product launching new versions launching new features to make my product more comprehensive i love it you're even doing something that i philosophically agree with which is that nietzsche recommends you know the philosopher that we should constantly be reorienting ourselves based on feedback in a world full of uncertainty and to ask you then even more because you spoke about different things that people can use that information to get their first financing there are companies that use that to get some money to stretch their uh, uh, their time or because you know to have more money a cushion for them to last longer before they turn into profitability and maybe others can be getting second stage or other kind of investments so which kind of people seem to be your buying or customers or the largest number is it first time people looking for investment or is it people who need some money so that they last longer during the uh, economic hard times or is it people who already had investments but they want to deal with bigger and more professional vcs yes so uh, my uh, major audience usually uh, startups who need uh, equity investment the first time so uh, very likely people who need to uh, reach out and work with venture capitalists professional angel investors or even getting access to um, some uh, startup accelerators such as Techstars, or Combinator, 5 Startups kind of accelerator programs. And these ventures is basically uh, composed by four major elements where they can reach this goal. And the first part of Venturely is the investor database with all the categories, filters, and also uh, people are able to find the, the right and appropriate investors based on the, the industry and also the funding size. Then secondly, there's a, a, a list of all the resources and tools to help these first-time founders to build up their such as cap table, term sheets, um, pitch decks, etc. Some basic elements and documents when they need to prepare when they uh, look for first-time investments. And then third, um, a place with all the articles as we mentioned previously. And finally, a library of all the terminologies of um, startup investment terms where people need to approach. And if you ask me uh, five years ago, what is liquidation events i have no idea about it so i kind of assume many uh, first-time founders they have um, less knowledge about these terminologies and i want to help basically so i put up the venture list at a uh, comprehensive resources help to help people get access to this knowledge it is great knowledge and you're doing honestly something wonderful for both the community, the startup space and the future of humanity because entrepreneurs really are undervalued. They're the engines of growth and they're the engines of employment, not really the big companies. Entrepreneurs are the engines of innovation, but many of them 
are not getting that treatment and respect that they should. And to ask you another thing, which is important and very basic, let's think about the basics. And you are the expert on this. So why would a first-time entrepreneur look for or need that venture capitalist investment? Sorry, say again. I I am asking why do uh, those entrepreneurs who come and become part of your community, why do they need the venture capitalist money? I am asking it, although it's very basic, but I want to understand the thinking in your brain. So why would someone want an angel investor or a venture capitalist to invest money in their venture? Yeah, I can see two uh, major patterns. So usually people who want to um, build their business to a new height, basically expanding, hiring more people, or even uh, making the, the product more sophisticated. So that's why they need to raise capital to survive the companies for the next 12 to 18 months, sometimes less. And the second pattern, what I realized is some entrepreneurs, they don't even have a product or maybe a company being set. And they basically want to raise the capital to make this happen. Um, but not to give a debate here, because many times as an as venture investors, we often look for companies who are already making certain tractions or at least have a small amount of revenue before they make the company become uh, investable. So this is also another thing I suggest to my members as well. Uh, If you want to raise capital, make sure you're well prepared. Um, Everyone can bring up an idea and an idea doesn't mean it is investable. So that's why your job as an entrepreneur is to demonstrate why your company, your idea, your team is investable. So before you, you look for financings, whether or not you subscribe a product to help you fundraise, whether or not you participated in accelerators or all sorts of programs to make you more successful. At the end of the day, you have the, the sole responsibility to demonstrate your, your values, um, your financial potential and your growth uh, trajectories of your companies before you look for uh, investment. I really like this because in university, I did my thesis. Uh, I did a master's of of science in entrepreneurship and new business venturing. And my thesis was on the criteria for investment that venture capitalists in Western Europe use to select and choose which companies from the uh, accelerators there that they will invest in or not. So this is really dear to my heart. And to ask you even further and more and like something very, very important about your, um, your whole thing. Why would entrepreneurs learn to do this themselves rather than pay someone or an agent, or a company, or a mentor, or someone they hire to do this whole process and care for this whole thing for them? Why would they come and use your product rather than outsourcing the whole process? That's a good question. Um, So uh, we usually uh, recommend the startups and founders do everything themselves instead of outsourcing 
to an, an agency or even a, a third party to help them uh, manage these uh, procedures. At the end of the day, as I mentioned in previous questions, uh, an entrepreneur has the responsibility to, to scale the company, to uh, survive, to sustain the business. So um, this is another reason why I started Venturelist is because um, this playbook doesn't help the entrepreneurs succeed in no time. They need to invest the time to read, to learn, to uh, digest the content. And these playbooks are basically fulfilling the gap of knowledge, helping them to find this content. Um, I suggest the right resources at the right time. And eventually, it's really based on the objective, how they want to strategize their, their route uh, in terms of approaching their first-time investment. So they get the right resources they need on the database. And my 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 responsibility right here is to help to answer questions whenever they need and if they want to look for certain investors i can make recommendations if they want to look for certain templates or procedures or basically have some uncertainty of anything my playbook cannot answer um, this is where i came from and based on my knowledge previously and also right now as a venture builders i come across of many different crazy scenarios. That's why I can always translate into knowledge and help um, founders achieve their fundraising goal. I love it. And let's take it further. Let's say a founder goes and hires an agency to do this for them. What are the problems or dangers of doing that? And second, if they do it themselves, what are the benefits that they will get? Well, I can I can see two uh, usual um, obstacles when they look for an agency to do that for them. Uh, first thing, some agencies might ask for uh, equity ownerships of the company in return for uh, successful fundraisings. To be honest, uh, this is not even exists in the venture capital ecosystem. Many investors and venture builders, they do not prefer to have any names out of the founding team. Basically, they look for a clean cap table of all the people who scale the company instead of service providers. And many times these service providers, they are not really uh, in the heart of the business. So they have different knowledge of how to operate a business, what the entrepreneurs think, but with Another approach to help people connect these, uh, you know, maybe access to investors, maybe helping them to strategize their finance. Right here, I don't think there's nothing wrong. But the thing is, when the company scale, the founders, the entrepreneurs of the company, they need to learn how does this uh, vehicle works instead of hiring an external party. It's okay to have someone to help, but in the long run, you always need to learn. You always need to build your own philosophy of running these financial and, and investment vehicles. So I can see two uh, obstacles right here. To, to conclude, they find someone, it's okay, but make sure you learn everything you need. And in the future, when you raise your capital for your company, the second, the third time, you also need to demonstrate the knowledge of how you approach this fundraising. Great. So let's say they don't demonstrate that knowledge. 
will it be more difficult to raise those second time and third time? Can you speak about that? And do the people who come to you have that dream of being a serial entrepreneur or of growing and uh, raising capital again and again and again? So the two things are, do they have a dream either of being a serial entrepreneur, be a VC back, or yes. of raising again and again to grow their company? That is one. And the second thing is, uh, what problem if they don't know what to do it and then they're going to raise the second time or third time, what issue can be there? So uh, just in case if the, the founders of company have no or less knowledge about fundraising for the first, second or third time, the lowest hanging foot is to hire someone into your team who have more knowledge about fundraising. Uh, the difference between having uh, a person or a team in-house versus a third party is the, the access of the sensitivity information of the company and also the, the understanding of how to operate a business. And I think it's kind of a drawback and, and, and bummer if an entrepreneur managed to complete the first time fundraising but have no idea how to build the second or third time or even in a longer capital mechanism is kind of a problem because we expect founders who have uh, basically a comprehensive knowledge of operating the business, how to fundraise, how to maintain relationship investors is a complete game of entrepreneurships. So having someone in the team might be the, the most helpful um, ways of doing this. And uh, to your second questions, uh, whether or not these people have the willingness of becoming a serial entrepreneurs, I never ask these questions to my members. Maybe I should. Uh, but I know some of them, they, they started small businesses or small ideas before. And right now they have more um, energy to, to make their, their startups more successful. So that's why they, they come to us and then uh, want to complete their first time fundraising based on the resources they, they capture on the product. It sounds very exciting. And to ask you even more about this, let's say someone doesn't know they're the, they, the game of entrepreneurship and they hired someone to help them with the first time. When they do it the second time and they hire someone, but will they find it harder to find to raise capital or the best VCs will not respect them. I'm trying to get very specific on the consequences of not understanding the game of entrepreneurship as a founder when then trying to raise the second time or the third time. Will it be that the biggest uh, private equity companies and VCs will not look at them as someone competent enough? Because to me, in, for example, in my research, I found that the number one factor that came again and again is the competence and capability of the founding team. That was like the highest ranked deciding factor for the private equity, uh, professional private equity companies in Western Europe too, that I did my research on. So that is a factor but to ask you since you have direct experience with your own people let's say someone hired a person to do that first uh, raising of capital and don't understand the whole game of capital raising and uh, relationship with 
investors when they do the second or third time, what difficulties will be there? Will they not get access to the best uh, private equity or best help or respect or something like that? Can you comment, please? Well, how to tell? I think first of all, if the founder managed to complete their first time financings, uh, we can already assume they have at least some knowledge about how does everything work. So the the first hide of the company who have more knowledge about these investment games also has the responsibility to translate the knowledge to the founding team. So that's why everyone's on the same page. They know how to talk to investors. They know how to complete these procedures. I would say um, I totally agree with you. What you mentioned is the team competence is really important. And in fact, right now in my full-time role and also my my previous position when I used to work for Texas, the team is the, the also the people dynamics announced a startup is the most important elements of whether or not this company is investable. So yes, you need to operate a business, you need to scale, you need to uh, look into your market, your idea, your attractions. But at the, at the end of the day, the founding team and the people is the most important elements of the company because people change. Um, I mean, business change, your market change, your, uh, your strategies might change. But what makes your company remain the same is, is the people. So the way you work, what skill sets you have, and what makes your founding team successful and unique is something attractive. It should be something attractive to the investors' eyes and also many venture capitals. So that's why we always recommend companies to really focus on your people, how to build up your team, how to uh, build up the culture and leaderships, etc. And then you need to make use of everything you have in the team to convince your, the investors you are a great team and investable and eventually you can lead a bigger venture in the long run. I would say if a company has completed their first time financings, it should be easier when they uh, raise the second time. So regardless of the performance, like how fast they grow and what performance they have, because they have already completed a first time investment, they should have the first time investors supporting the second round as well because the uh, objective of an investor is pretty obvious they need to exit the company they need to get the payback so that's why they also have the responsibility to help the founding team to uh, look for um, a bigger investor for the second or third round some first-time investor will support the second third or even longer terms investment as well so that's why finding the first group of investors for your company is really, really important. They are not just a group of people who give you paycheck, but also supporting your growth in the long run. Great. Does the knowledge that you provide allow people to build a better team? And or does the knowledge you provide allow people to find better quality investors who will be there the first time and help them? find it easier to get the second round and third and stay long term yeah uh so the product i is basically focused on the first time financing so that's why many resources are designed for first time founders and first time uh fundraiser so um you don't seem to see much uh latest days uh companies strategies and know-how 
because that's not my focus at the moment. And this is another reason why I, I built VentureList. Because in my full-time role right now, and also previously, um, we do investments, we look for companies, and um, we primarily focus on not exactly the earliest stage, but more mature stage of companies. So I can see a, a missing piece and missing gems right there. I cannot really make use of my time and resources to help extremely early stage companies. So this is why I started a side project to help people around me who can really get access to this letter before they make the company more mature. Thank you. So if I understood correctly, it means many or a good number of those who come to you are first-time founders and they want to grow and scale their company and they don't know how to make it investable and an attractive kind of company for uh, venture capitalists. And therefore, when they discover the terminology, the knowledge, the playbook, they can do things exactly right so that they become attractive and structured in the right way and prepared and they know how to pitch their idea and opportunity to venture capitalists, which allows them to find it easier and have higher probability of getting that uh, first-time investment compared to not doing it and just being random or structuring the company in a bad way. Did I understand correctly? Absolutely. You have the perfect interpretation of how first-time founders should approach these um, investment games. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. And I would like to take it further. Like, um, this is good because we can speak it, but let's say without that, because I'm trying to think, why are people, so many people attracted to your own, um, like they were attracted to your idea from the beginning? It wasn't even like, what did they have in mind? Did they come there because of the pandemic? They were not making enough money and they were like, oh, I need, I need, I need investment. Or they always had the dream of growing big and they came and they thought, okay, it's my time now. I'm ready to grow big. Or like, what is that thing that drove them, even without you marketing it in a big way or anything, for them to be so attracted? Yes. When I started the first version in April, it was just an open source of the database, nothing more. Uh, not the, the version you see right now. And I basically captured the wave of people who need to extend their investment runway, looking for investors who can provide a bridging financing for them so that they survive and also uh, scale the companies uh, during the most difficult moment. So um, what I did in the beginning, I just put up a simple article on, on my social media channels. And of course, most of my friends and first degree connection they react and people reshare and that's how I gained the early traction's of people can now find a place to uh, access this network filter and search so they don't have to um, do the same in their own and arguably they can find all these informations on many different places like Google searching their own or maybe subscribe some other premium database they can completely do it themselves so my value proposition right here is to help these people save the time and also help them to um, um, pre-filter some appropriate 
content and network for them so that they don't have to invest their time to find, filter, and screen and can just start straight away. Yes, and do they have access to you? I mean, those paying customers, they can ask you questions because you mentioned that you are exposed to all kinds of unusual scenarios and extract knowledge and apply knowledge, which makes you able to have agility in taking that information and applying it to specific situations. So do your paying customers get answers from you as well or only those resources databases articles and information in the first versions last year in april no i uh, just an open source library but when i relaunched the product in september yes i make it more comprehensive and more humanized for people who can get access uh, to um Know the product as well as an opportunity to connect with other premium members. So um, I started to be more uh, active on, on the platform to answer questions via emails and whenever they need me. And I send out an, an update every month was the update of the product and uh, any new resources and all that. And also some uh, suggestions of how they can approach their first time financing and I will say hey I'm always right here to answer questions if you need any help about connecting recommending investors and or even uh, helped uh, in terms of customers and growth I'm always there so um, every week I give myself around an hour or two just to answer questions and help my members look for resources or people and uh, I feel uh, so um, satisfied and, and happy to see the results because sometimes when I make an introduction, they literally start conversation with people I recommended and eventually extend to some uh, more uh, fruitful conversation so that they can take their ideas or company forward. And I think that's the, the whole idea and philosophy behind my, my product, just to help, to offer, to get connected and uh, help people succeed. I love it. So if I understood correctly, the founders who want that very, very important first round investment for venture capitalists, because it's so important that it determines their success in second round and third round, as well as when they get it, they have money that allows them to grow their team, to scale, to make their company that vision that they have for themselves rather than keeping it limited and small, not able to help enough people. And they come to you because you have so much experience. You have built a playbook. You are on a daily basis exposed to all kinds of people in a similar and more advanced situations than them. So you are somewhat of a professor of a venture capitalist and you give them exactly the resources and the articles by venture capitalists telling them what to do what to say how to prepare their deck as well as a community of people similar to them who will understand them because it's very lonely to be an entrepreneur and who will support them and can get them connections and network as well as you answering questions and you connected them with the right people and really in business knowing the right person can save you 10 times of the headaches and trouble and hard work and failure than knowing, not knowing the right person. And when they join your program and have this access, they will be that professional 
uh, entrepreneur founder who understands the game of entrepreneurship and of venture capitalists so that they know they can have that peace of mind and confidence of knowing what to do and access to the people who will make that happen rather than getting rejected or going to the wrong person or searching alone to find the wrong people who are promising them things or uh, not even getting access to those people because if they don't have access to you, they need to spend a billion hours uh, online trying to find this information and filtering out the good information from the bad while you are the one who filters it. Or if they go to an agency, that agency might ask for them to give them equity financing. And many angel investors and venture capitalists, they like a clean equity slate made of the members of the founding team. And when they see a service provider there, it's somewhat of an orange flag or a red flag that reduces their possibility, opportunity, and chances of getting those first very, very important uh, seed or first stage investments that will be the door that makes them that professional entrepreneur, that dream person, that future Elon Musk, that person who will build that big company that will change the world. So is this um, the whole thing? Absolutely. I, I like, I really enjoy how you uh, transcribe my, my idea in a good way. And I really um, agree what you say. Uh, a clean slate of companies is really, really important. And because there's so many hidden agendas of fundraising, especially first time, a uh, founder has less knowledge about the procedures, the network, the the uh, legal requirements, the financial requirements, and all that. And we never had this knowledge from school. And very often, you have to do it by yourself. You have to learn by doing, and you have to fail a lot in order to understand how the whole mechanism works for fundraising. So uh, that's why our job is to help people get access to this knowledge as fast as possible and to help them to filter and also uh, look for the right content, especially for first-time founders, I'm not talking about like second or third time, um, so that they can um, get started straight away. Yes, and that's very beautiful. And that's what I'm doing and helping the community with, is I explore with people what's on their mind and take it and and translate it into a marketing message that when people who read in their content or in their pages, like, that's what I said. What I said is if you transform that exactly into your own articles and pages, it makes it very, very clear to them, okay, I understand, I need X, Y, Z, and it's why it's important, and these are the benefits, and I am in. I will be a paying customer because I understand this is engaging marketing. And that's what I do. It's about the emotions. And thank you. I hope you will use this. You will like in a way where you will write content about these specific things and say uh, about this specific message and reasons why. Because you're doing great work in the world. And I love to see you expand and have more impact for the future founders who will change the face of humanity. Felix Wong, it was a pleasure and it's an honor. Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they learn more? Thank you so much. And um, you can find, I'm super active on, on Twitter and also LinkedIn. Um, 
I would love to start a conversation with anyone who want to talk about setups, uh, new cook, fundraising, and just any topics uh, that you struggle. Thank you. And to the listener, if you'd like to be a guest and have an idea, whether a future idea that you're thinking about or an idea that you're working on or an idea you already have, well, give me a review on Apple Podcasts for No Code Wealth, then DM me on uh, Twitter, No Code Wealth, and I will be honored and glad to have you as a guest and help you like this. Felix, I wish you a great day. Amazing. Thank you so much for putting this up. It's a great conversation. Mm-hmm.